Welcome to the Outpost Podcast. We're currently in a series focused on God's hospitality to us and through us. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged in your walk as a disciple of Jesus. Enjoy. We're going to look in hospitality again together. Um, We've covered this series, if you've been here the last few weeks, on God's hospitality to us and through us and really wanting to look at, you know, God's love, his hospitality um, through us as community and for starters, just to get us warmed up, I just want us to try and think of a time and I'll share one so it'll give you more time to think, Um, think and to share it with your neighbour, but think of a time where you really experienced like community and it was really good like your best memory or experience of community something and I know like a couple of ideas for me were in high school which wasn't very good community in general high school but the by far the biggest highlight for me at high school was being a part of the school musical and getting to have you know just a background part in that but to be a part of that and you know it created this great buzz and excitement to all be working to together towards something and it was just such a good time and everyone mixing all the different year levels and you know coming together around this common goal and that was a real highlight that's one of mine my other one would be in my early in my high school years I went to a camp called Wear Away Homestead some of you would be familiar I think that's where I met Sally um but I love that to me it was like a taste of heaven on earth it was like good food lots of friends always together eating all our meals in this communal area and activities all day and then like songs and you know gospel messages in the evening it was like I just absolutely like loved it I went there seven years straight every single holidays I didn't not go one single holidays for seven years at least once in the holidays so thanks to mum and dad for funding my wear away camps but those are two examples for me so you guys turn to your neighbor or someone, a small group nearby. What is one of your highlight community memories? All right. If you can just wrap up. Again, something we can chat about over dinner. More conversation topics chew on <laughs> thanks any any anything that came out so maybe something a little bit unusual or different or surprising you can dob in your group mem- your neighbor any examples that you guys want to share And, it, and it's a good example because sometimes those times it's like it's not ideal circumstances. Like there's an uncomfortable element, yet you're on, all in there together sharing that experience. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyone else? Something different? What about you, Nick? What did you have? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And how long were you together with those guys? Like a 10-day camp conference type thing. Anything else? Anything that hasn't been mentioned yet? Yes, Eloise? Um, I was thinking about house in Wales. And like, I reckon it's just a 
That's cool. That's awesome. That's when you're part of YWAM? Yeah, like, Cool. What about you, Andrea? You've had many years of community life. What's a highlight from you from all your years of community experiences? Yeah. <laughs> Living with mum and dad. Yeah. Overcoming struggles. Sally, do you have anything to add? No? Okay. Anyone else that would like to throw anything in? Yeah? Just kind of little moments in time of togetherness. That's good. Thank you. Um, this is one of my favorite. I, I realize as I prepare this, I don't know. I feel like there's always these certain themes that I've found as I've preached and shared over the years, the few years that I've been doing this now. There's certain themes that I feel like I'm always coming back to and I'm like, I'm preaching the same thing again that I did, you know. But I think for me, this one of like fellowship and hospitality, but it's interesting. I haven't thought about it so much through the lens of hospitality specifically, which is what I'm doing tonight. But I did share a message, I think it was last year, I should find it and share it in the email this week, the link from the previous one. Um, but this idea of fellowship, and also at DTW a couple of years ago, we did um, spiritual disciplines, and I actually spoke on the discipline of fellowship, which I think is something we don't necessarily often think of as a discipline or as a part of our, you know, we think of reading the Bible and praying or spiritual disciplines, but I feel really passionately about the discipline of fellowship and this idea of being committed to a local body of believers um, and making that a non-negotiable in our lives and, and really giving ourselves to that. And there's so many things that challenge this. Like, it is so difficult. There's the time, there's the busyness, there's lots going on. Then there's also the, just the reality of the hard things that happen and the difficulty or people that we don't like or people that offend us or we get overlooked to be doing things or we get asked too much to be doing things like there's so many things that come in to make it hard and to make it a challenge and and yet it's not a negotiable to discipleship like to be a disciple of Jesus is to be in community with other believers and it's possible that we can have a healthy community, you know, amongst friends and family that are also believers um, and maybe of not necessarily do a formal structured church because church is not the building that we meet in. Church is the people. But yet I have found and observed those that kind of pull away from a regular commitment of fellowship to do that or to form a small group of like-minded people that you meet in home often not always but a lot of the things I've observed is that you know it it ends up the wheels fall off like you 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 lose that commitment finding you know you might go oh let's meet together I've got this friend let's meet together every week but then oh they can't do it and then you can't do it and then 
you know, it just gets hard or you start with good intention. It's really actually difficult to plan one time in your week that you devote to faith with other believers and to hold on to that. And that's why we've done it for you. We've got Sunday planned and it's happening. Um, and so, well, we don't want to say this. We 100% don't, we do believe or don't believe that <laughs> whatever it is, it's 100% that, that, you know, it's not just about Sunday. Like, it's so much, being a follower of Jesus is so much more than Sunday, and it should be expressed in, you know, throughout our weeks, throughout our lives. But there's something about just that coming together on Sunday. It's, an, it's one rock in the week that you're, yep, that's happening. And over time, it builds connection. It builds community. When we're regular at being here, we have a chance to grow in friendship and family that if we aren't there every week or often enough, then that doesn't happen. And there's something about, you know, we're called to love each other and we can't love each other if we don't know each other, if we don't spend any time together. And so coming together with a local group of believers, whether it's here at Outpost or it's at some other church, it doesn't matter where, but we commit ourselves to, I'm going to be there. I'm going to grow in love and service to this community and, you know, allow God to work through me. And, you know, it's, you know, we have to exercise the fruits of the Spirit when we do that. We have to learn to be kind. We have to learn to forgive. And, you know, we don't just choose who we're with. And that's another thing that I've observed at times when people go, oh, I'm going to do kind of my own thing. I don't really like church. You know, and there's lots of reasons not to like church. And I have a lot of compassion for people who've had bad experiences at church. I've had lots of my own bad experiences too. Um, but, yeah, it's... Yeah, it ends up, it often ends up being, oh, I've got these people that are very similar to me, very, you know, people I'm comfortable with, people I like, and we kind of control the environment of who we interact with, and that's a step backward, I think, in maturity and growth. Like, when we go into a moment, I'm not getting to choose who all the other people are, but I'm willing to go, no, I'm going to lean in, I'm going to learn from people, I'm going to you know, discover something new, a different perspective, or, you know, when I find someone I clash with, okay, God, help me, what, what, are, what are you trying to show me through this, and, you know, how can I love this person more, and, you know, it's, it grows us, it matures us, and then we also benefit from each other's, not only perspectives and experiences, but also the different gifts that we have. When we're isolated, we don't get to benefit from the gifts and the, um, the wealth of knowledge or experience of other believers and it's just not healthy for us like it's not that we're not a Christian if we don't do it but it's just it's not healthy we're missing out and you know I guess I want to share about it in a way hopefully that's not just like oh feel bad if you haven't really prioritized fellowship or you haven't been passionate about it but to try and hopefully catch a glimpse of you know what it can be and what it could be and to know that the experiences that we've all had in the past, that let, let's not let those limit what God wants to do with us in our future and that there's better things ahead. And maybe we can become a church that looks like those, you know, those Acts, Acts chapter 2 church. Maybe we can, you know, rediscover the power of what community can be because, let me say, we cannot achieve, we cannot fulfill what God has called us to do 
in the earth as individuals. But we can as a community, as people that come together. It's, it's our communal witness that is powerful to the world. Not as a, our isolated witness has some impact, but it's our communal witness. Um, well, I really just stormed ahead and I meant to um, start with getting you guys to do something. So I'll pause. Yeah. Mom wants to relax back there. All right, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read a couple of passages and then I'm gonna get each side to look at the passage and just chat a bit about it. All right, so we'll, if you want to follow along, we're we're rereading Acts chapter two forty two that we had at communion, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. All the believers devoted themselves. This is interesting. What did they devote themselves to? Because we wanna we wanna learn from Scripture. That's one of our core values, our core behaviors here at Outpost. We want to learn from scripture and we want to be like what we're learning about. We want to adapt our, oh, if there's a difference, let's change and become more like what we we read here. Um, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals including the Lord's Supper. So it's interesting, the Lord's Supper was a meal, but it was kind of a separate meal, but it was, I find that interesting. I'm curious how the Lord's Supper looked to them. There's obviously something a bit special about it, but anyway. And to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. All right, now we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. verse 11 to 22. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together, as one body, 
Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So just stay in your kind of your group of two or three um, that you just were discussing with. And on this side of the room, in your groups of two or three, have a look at the Acts 2, 42 to 47. And read and reflect with this question in mind. What is the importance of hospitality to the life of a follower of Christ? What is the importance of hospitality to the life of a follower of Christ? Got that? So you can read, read or look at the passage. What's that? I don't have a slide to put up, sorry. Not dad. <laughs> um, and then over here, if you can look at Ephesians 2, 11 to 22 in your groups and look at, think and reflect on the question, what is the significance of our relationship to each other in the outworking of our faith? I'll say it again. Yeah, I will. What is the significance of our relationship to each other in the outworking of our faith? Because talking about the Jew and the Gentile and... What significance does that wall of hostility coming down, what, what's, what's significant about that? Just have a discussion. Um, and what is the importance of hospitality to the life of a follower of Christ? What is the importance? All right, I might wrap it up there. Thanks, guys, for cooperating so well with my difficult questions that I didn't put on a slide. That was unhelpful. Um, did anyone, you don't have to, I've got plenty I can say, but if anyone has got something that they'd like to share from their discussion or their reflection, love to hear it. We would be the richer for the sharing. Any Anyone want to share some insights or thoughts from that? Uh, we, we kind of talked about an intentional devotion that the people had. And, and in that intentional um, devotion, you know, that heart kind of posture that they, you know, really aligned themselves and chose to, you know, do the things like the breaking of the bread, the, you know, sitting under the apostles and learning from them, seeing the miracles you know, selling their possessions, all that stuff, you know, kind of, um, it, set, it set, you know, the pattern for, for those things to flow out of them. You know, it was that intentional kind of heart posture that kind of, and that intense sort of devotion that they had that, that gave them that kind of softness of heart that, you know, everyone had that sense of togetherness, you know, everyone was united, no one was, you know, lacking anything, was going without need, you know, and they were all, you know, seeing the spirit do things and, you know, and I think that's a really you know, key thing in, in community is, is just, you know, intentionally devoting yourself, intentionally, you know, saying, I'm, you know, I'm going to do these things with a, you know, an open and a soft heart and out of that, see what flows and it's beautiful. Rob, anyone else? The importance of hospitality? 
Um, your Waverly and I were chatting about how, like, for the apostles to be able to, you know, sell everything they owned, like, from their property and um, everything that, like, all the cows and goats, I guess they had. Um, <laughs> just how, <laughs> even the more you have, like, I just think, how, like, how overcome by the holy awe it said in the Passion Translation, like, the holy awe was so much like it was they were convicted to have this desire to you know hand over everything they owned and like I just think like wow like I could not do that right now if you asked me to sell everything I had like it's just insane so like just how powerful God's spirit is and you don't need to have all these worldly things I just don't compare to what Christ is anyone else Link do you have a thought you look like you have something to share The Father's made room for us, and so we make room for others. That's good. Very succinct. <laughs> Any thoughts from over here on the... And I, I'm going to just read quickly, because I actually, when I did the passage from the front, I left out the last couple of verses, which were really the best, which... <laughs> hang on. Ephesians 2. Um... So the last bit, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And then the question, what is the significance of our relationship to each other in the outworking of our faith? Come on, Lockie. Yeah, I guess we, we, we saw a lot of singular language in, in, in those, those couple of verses in particular. You know, sort of at the start of that passage, you're talking about the circumcised and the uncircumcised, the, um, the, the foreigners and the citizens. Um, the, the, the foreigners and strangers and all of that sort of stuff. But then you see um, we're now all fellow citizens, um, members of God's household built um, on the foundation of Jesus as the cornerstone. It's not a housing complex that he's building. It's a single, singular dwelling. Um, so being put together, growing into one holy temple that's being built together for um, God's dwelling in the spirit, seeing that importance of being one and united. Anything else from the side, Crystal? And I guess building on that is kind of that idea that hospitality is that if everyone's seen as equal or all seen as one, then we should be treating every person as part of God's family. Um, so I guess linking with the other verse, you know, sharing what we have and our time and things like that. All right. Oh, yeah, Lady. Definitely. No, that's so true. And, you know, we are to be hospitable. Like, we are to embody that. And as individuals, yes, like, we can all, you know, we are the expression of God's love. 
to the people around us, that we are his hands and feet. And I was thinking the old, what would Jesus do, you know, is such a good one to bring back to, you know, imagine if Jesus was here, what would he do? How would he love people? How would he embrace them? How would, you know, it's, it's less likely setting up and giving a sermon and more likely having someone over for a meal. Um, and just, yeah, spending time, being together. And it needs to overflow, you know, from, yeah, maybe an event. Maybe an event happens at our church or we have dinner together, but to overflow from there that we would embody that. But then to take it to that next level and go, what does it look like as a whole community? If as a whole community we're living and embodying that, you know, where we live and the, the people we know, but then as we come together, it's like the intensity of that love and that hospitality and that doing each other in love and good works, you know, as we come together, like, you know, to think back in the early church, they looked, you know, the people, are, like, it made an impact, you know, the way they lived together, it made an impact on the world around them. People saw them and either were scared or wanted to join them, you know, like, it was compelling, it was powerful, it was significant, and, you know, how do we, how do we rediscover that? How do we come back to that? How do we you know, live that way again. And what does that look like in our time and culture? You know, it is different to then. But, you know, there is ways of us, you know, living that, embodying that. We want to dis- discover it together because just a quick look at um, uh, one of my other, f- my favorites, one, um, John 17, a passage that I always revisit. Um, Jesus is praying you know, for his disciples before he goes to the cross that, um, let me find the verse, John 17, yeah, verse 20, 21, I think, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So he's actually praying for us. If we believe in God through this message that we've been handed down from the apostles, For all who will believe in their message, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. So he wants us to be one together in community in the same way that he himself is one with the Father. Like, that's weird, isn't it? Like, what what does even that look like? Um, And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Like, and this is why it's so critical, and this is why the enemy works so hard to keep us isolated, fragmented, angry, offended, splitting off from each other, you know, having church splits, having, you know, people burnt out from being involved because it's so, it's in the same way, you know, marriage is attacked in that similar way. It's like, it's this powerful picture of the gospel, not just a picture, but a living organism that's designed to bless people and point them to God and his goodness so the enemy hates it and wants to destroy it and in a very similar way we are the bride of Christ and you know we are a picture of the gospel we are a picture of God and his love and the enemy hates it and wants to destroy it and we have to fight and be determined to recognize that and to work against that you know attack against us to because this is how the world will believe in Jesus. This is like so critical to the world coming to know him. 
It's not just all of us as individuals going out and sharing the gospel. That's not enough. It's our love for each other that will really draw them in. And if we're not loving each other, oh, I don't have time for them. Let me just go out and do my own thing on my own. We're not going to achieve, we're not going to fulfill it. Because he called us to be a temple, a body, connected to each other and connected to him. It's a beautiful, wonderful, like impossible dream. But it's his dream. It's his plan. It's his way of wanting to do it. And if we follow him, if we love him, then we are going to cooperate with what he's doing. And we will submit and give our lives as living sacrifices to his dream. We don't come up with a new way of doing it. We follow what he's put in place. And we give ourselves to that. And we learn and we grow and we're humble. And it's good for us. And through it all, you know, something beautiful will happen in our midst that we can't even fully imagine or comprehend, you know, what it could look like when we lean into this, when we, you know, press into community, fellowship. And in a way, the hospitality is kind of an afterthought to all this. It's like that's the natural overflow of, like, loving each other and being community. You're, you're eating food and you're having people over for food and it's just, it, it's a natural part of it. And it's practical and it's doable and it's real. It's not all theory and theology. But, you know, when we do it, when we discover this, in, in a, where is it? There's a, in 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing and he says, you are, you are to be living letters read of all men. And, and it, again, it's that idea of, you know, it's our life that people will read and see. That's how they'll hear the gospel. We are to be a family that functions in a way that reflects God's plan and design. And when we do it, our very community preaches the gospel without us even speaking. When people look at it, they see the glory of God. They see the beauty. And just throw in there a few signs and wonders and, a, you know, that doesn't hurt. You know, like, it's, you know, where God, where unity is, God commands a blessing. I think as we, we walk in the love and unity we're called to, we will see more miracles. We will see our answers to prayer because we will be in unity um, in his name. So I could keep preaching on this all night, but I'm going to stop here and just encourage us as your worship team, if you want to come up, I think Esther's gone to the bathroom, but come up, come on up and got a couple more songs. But I just really want to encourage you to maybe, you know, talk to God. If, if there's something that's there for you, like maybe there's a hurt or a fence or a fear or anything, if there's a barrier that you know of that's holding you back, then, you know, just bring it to God. Talk to him about it. And, um, or there may be someone, you, yeah, you need to forgive someone. You need to let go of an offense. There's, maybe there's something there. I just encourage us. We need to, you know, humble ourselves and pray because it's, there's too much at stake, you know. There's too much at stake. The world needs to see Jesus through us and they can't if it's just one of us. We have to be his body together. All right, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your, the wonder of this good news and the wonder of what it means for us as community. And it seems, to be honest, too hard and too difficult. And there's not many great examples of people getting it right. And Lord, we really want to 
bring pleasure to you. We want to reflect the design that you intended. We want to live out the reality of community thriving in your name. Father, teach us how to do this well and help us to be willing to let go of the things. You know, maybe we have traditions or rituals or ideas or uh, hurts or whatever it is, Lord. Help us to let go of those things that we might step forward into the future you have for us. And that we would be a, we would be truly a, a living temple. That your spirit would fill us, fill our gatherings, fill our presence, fill our community. That the world might know who you are. Come, Lord Jesus, we need you. Amen. <laughs>